the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for all y'all that are hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash the like. Come and join us in the chat. We're trying to get these subscriber numbers up. And like I told you last week, subscribers with notifications on, we're going to have some very special opportunities coming up in the future. I'm not going to say much more, but we're just saying get those subscribers up that we'll be starting to have some surprises for you down the line. We have finally reached the point where this is the end of the win totals week. We got the SEC West today, the SEC East on Wednesday and on Thursday, just getting you primed for every single Thursday between now and the middle of December. That's right. Like the next four months, every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, you're going to join us and come get these locks. Win totals locks coming up on Thursday. So make sure you come and hang out for that. Also, there's still time. If you want to get in on this auction, boys, they got G's being dropped. The passion, it does just mean more. It means more money than we've seen in any other eBay auction so far. Our thanks to all of you that are uh, getting involved. Reminder that the proceeds do benefit the St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. So we thank you for that. You can go and bid on that. The opportunity to be a part of Wednesday's show until Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Link in the description here. Link in the description on the podcast. Um, Gentlemen, quick headline before we dive into the SEC West. A couple ways to read this. Number one, just at the very top, Jim Harbaugh is not expected to miss any games. And it's interesting because we just did the Big Ten win totals, and I made a big show of how lopsided 
the matchups are for the four games that Michigan was supposed to miss. Somebody in the chat said, is it even official yet? And, you know, I, it was not official, but I figured that it was just a formality. I remember, Bud, I think that even one time you were like, what if Jim Harbaugh says no? <laughs> so- and, and I thought that's what this was, <laughs> but I don't think that's what this is. What's your reading so far on what's going on with Michigan, the NCAA, and Jim Harbaugh? I was really hoping you guys had a read on this because I, I do. don't know. Okay. okay. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you. I'll be the host. All right, so, guys. What is your read on this Jim Harbaugh situation? So I thought that it was Jim Harbaugh being defiant. Be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Forget that. Like, we're going to take this all the way out. We're not going to do essentially a plea deal where I serve this four-game suspension. But digging a little bit deeper on it, I was on the, the news desk. Uh, it was my, my Saturday on this weekend. So all this broke, and I was you know talking to a lot of people in the newsroom. There's a belief that the NCAA, actually the Committee on Infractions, was the one who denied the deal. That the resolution was agreed to between enforcement and Jim Harbaugh, and they said all it had to do was be approved by the Committee on Infractions, and the Committee on Infractions says, no, we're not going to just let you skate out of here with a four-game suspension. We're going to see this all the way through. So what this means, in addition to Jim Harbaugh being expected to coach all the way through the 2023 season, because the case likely won't be heard by the Committee on Infractions until the 2024 offseason, is that the Committee on Infractions might believe that they have enough of a case for the suspension to be stronger. But in having to go through the process, there's a potential that the suspension could be less. And the NCAA Committee on Infractions treats every uh, case like a snowflake. There's no such thing as precedent precedent with the NCAA and the way that they handle enforcement. So on one hand, all right, Jim Harbaugh is going to be back on the sideline. We're not going to have any kind of disruption to the start of Michigan's season. On the other hand, does the NCAA believe it has a stronger case against Jim Harbaugh? And at the end of this, Jim, what does this mean for Jim Harbaugh moving forward? Like those questions, I think, are the ones that come up in terms of what, how much longer is Jim Harbaugh going to continue to do this dance with the NCAA? I, I mean, not with the NCAA, with the NFL. If these NCAA issues are so big, does that make a convenient off-ramp to be able to go and coach in the NFL for a few years? You know, sit this one out, a.k.a. a Pete Carroll, Chip Kelly kind of situation? Um, we'll, we'll see. I think that the, the notion that this is Jim Harbaugh defiantly being like, no, like, yeah, I'm not sitting out. I I have heard differently. I've heard that this is more the Committee on Infractions pushing back against a four-game suspension as the uh, agreed resolution. They have found a second cheeseburger. And this Which, one and the DNA terms, evidence yes, all over. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry I spent Saturday on the news desk with all this, like, not fun stuff because, yeah, the cheeseburger, the, the jokes are there. They're right there for, for anybody who thinks that this is all very silly, which it is. It is, is very silly. Any- is there any chance there's more to this than what has been leaked so far? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think this is going to get very kind of sloppy over the next year because, you know, the NCAA released what the statement over the week, and it basically said this is about more than a cheeseburger. And then Tom Mars, who we know from all the transfer cases, that's been a lawyer for players in the past, who is now working with Harbaugh in this case against the NCAA, releases a statement that was basically saying, oh, that's weird. We were told we can't say anything about this case, yet the NCAA is issuing actual statements about this as being more than a cheeseburger. So I have a feeling there's more to it, and I have a feeling nothing more will come of it other than the four-game suspension that we thought he was going to get this year. I bet he just ends up serving it next year if he's still at Michigan. And I do think that, you know, I've been pretty adamant the last few years about he's going to be back at Michigan. 
I do think this kind of changes the calculus on that quite a bit. There's also some chance that the Committee on Infractions is doing the whole, we're going to get tough thing. And they dr they do try to get tough. And that only hastens the departure of the bigger time football schools away mm -hmm. from the NCAA. Oh, yeah. Just sort of like throw this onto the list of reasons mm -hmm. why the big programs are going to be like, nope, we don't we don't want to be a part of this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, exactly. I, I think that that's definitely another larger you know read on this in terms of. Yep. It, it getting pushed down the line like in, this is the NCAA's move and it might not be the best move like this could end up backfiring. We'll see. But I mean, the again, NCAA has to do something once in a while to justify its existence. And this is, I guess, what it thinks is being justifiable for its existence. They are trying to play get tough right now, mm -hmm. which is. Like, you know, when you're at work and your boss walks by and you start tough. making it look like you're busy. Yes, and that's exactly what's going on here. Oh, you like Charlie Baker spent all uh, all summer in Washington trying to politic with, uh, mm -hmm. with legislators. Yeah. And he just showed up back to the office in Indianapolis. And now all of a sudden I was like, oh, we got to like rustle some papers together and, and get some sternly worded letters out there and, mm -hmm. and make some decisions. Yeah, that's that's it. So good, good, good luck to everybody um, in the NCAA going through a case uh, against Jim Harbaugh. Sure, that's not frustrating at all whatsoever. <laughs> Um, okay, one more thing before we get out of here, but I'm I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but it's August 14th. What do you think? Chance, give us a percentage chance that we're doing an emergency pod by the end of Tuesday. Five percent. Okay. All right. I can take that. That's because it's it's non-zero. I agree with you. Yeah. Like I got to run some errands today, but I'm not going out of town. Right. You know. Yeah. It could happen. It could, but. Maybe more of a next summer sort of sort of album release. That's kind of my thought on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I just don't understand. Now, granted, like because you made these statements, you might have kind of painted yourself into a corner. Um, but I don't really understand why you have to get out right now and like literally like like this minute when the ACC is gonna have an auto bid for the playoff over the next two years. Right. You know, like if you're still in the ACC in 26, unless things drastically change, then I think you you are probably going to run into some problems. But I don't understand why. There's a pretty good chance you make a playoff again in, in, in the next two years. I think that a, a Florida State program, as it's going under Mike Norvell, playing against an ACC schedule, even if they lose the auto bids, like with the dissolution of the Pac-12, there is the potential that they go back and rewrite it and say, no, top 12 teams, no, no conference auto bids, yada, yada. Yeah. There's a potential that... You know, Florida State's a top 12 team. You know, the way that things are going right now, the way that he's recruiting, what they've been able to build up there, you're still you're still going to be able to get 10 wins, 9, 10 wins a season and be in the mix for one of those top 12 spots, even if they lose the auto bid over the next two years. I, I generally agree. Yeah. All right. Coming up on the other side, it's time. Diving into the SEC West win totals. Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and more. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast. We've only got but so many times left this offseason to soak it in. So we welcome to the show the general manager of Vanderbilt Football. As much as I think it's the, the under is a safe play, like I can't even. I can't fathom who wins. How many kids are going to win this fall? I just can't. I don't see it. It's not, it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere. And we begin with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Season opens up at home against Middle Tennessee. Then, one of the biggest non-conference games of the entire season. It was a 20-19 to 19 grinder last year. So here comes the return visit. Texas shows up September 9th, week two. Then Alabama on the road at USF. Shout out to two for ones out there as Alabama gets to go and fill Ray J uh, to take on the Bulls. Though, you know, Alex Kalash, who knows, might have some for him. Back home uh, for the SEC opener against Ole Miss on September 23rd. Then at Mississippi State, at Texas A&M. Arkansas at home, and then Tennessee at home. Eight games, no breaks. Finally get an off week on October 28th, but that's normal. This is about the Alabama schedule. You have the off week heading into the LSU game. LSU is going to be in Tuscaloosa as well on November 4th. Then at Kentucky, Chattanooga at home, and then Iron Bowl is at Auburn. Over under of 10.5 right now. Caesar Sportsbook has the over at plus 120, the under at minus 150, but... What are we doing with Alabama? I am very slightly under on Alabama. And this is one of the ones that I, I was on Bama 247 this morning, reading the reports from John Talty and, and Cody Goodwin, trying to figure out, like, what is this depth chart really going to look like? There's a lot for me to like about this Alabama team. Guess what? Everybody probably thinks there's a lot to like about this Alabama team because the win total is 10 and a half. So I, I'm very slightly under. If I was going to go over this, I basically need them to be 14 plus point favorites in more games than I currently have. I, I ran my numbers this morning. I just have too many games where they're they're not more than a two touchdown favorite. It's like they're clearly more than one touchdown, but they're sort of in that like nine to thirteen point range. And I just need them to be a little bit more in order to have that confidence. So I'm not betting this under. I am slightly under with the quarterback situation. I mean that is kind of to me that and, and maybe receiver probably the two biggest questions. I am confident they'll be able to run the football very well. I think that's a really good offensive line. You know, I think Ferguson pushing a guy like Dalcourt, who we know is a good good football player, into maybe a reserve role is an extremely positive sign for the Tide. Because that means some of those young pups who were studs out of high school that they signed are growing up and playing to their potential on the offensive line. And I think their defense is going to be pretty nasty. I just – passing is more important than running. Okay, and I'm not sure how good the passing game is. I need them to be like a legit top two team in the country in order to go over at this number. 
Hi, I'm a guy in an Auburn shirt telling you to take the under on Alabama, but I promise I'm not doing it because I hate Alabama. I'm doing it because I think it's the right play. Uh, I, I'm pretty much with Bud on this one. Like, you look at the schedule, and I have questions about the offense at quarterback. I don't know. We, we don't know the situation. The last few years, we've had a lot more reason to be very optimistic about what we were going to see from the QB <clears throat> and what we were going to see from the receivers and so forth. But the good news is I do think the offensive line is better this year than it has been. And I do think the running game will be better than it has been because of it, because that's one of the things we haven't talked too much about. But the last couple of years, Alabama's run game has been very bad, at least for Alabama standards, like is a team that had been in the top five of success rate for every year for like the last 10 years. And then the last two years, it was in the mid forties. That's not a great sign, but more than anything, like, the schedule. There's not many road games, but you've got Texas. You've got AM on the road. You've got Tennessee. You've got LSU. You've got the Iron Bowl on the road against Auburn. Of those five games, it is not incredibly out of line to think Alabama is going to lose twice. So when I look at this, it's not something I'm officially playing, but 10 and 2 seems more likely to me than 11 and 1 and 12 and 0. So I've got to go under. I mean, my principle says that this is when you buy in. Right. I mean, the the years that Alabama has not been picked to win the West in the SEC preseason poll since Nick Saban showed up, I think four of them are national championship years for Alabama. Like this is when you buy in on angry Alabama. Don't count out Nick Saban. Damn, I'm out here counting out Nick Saban. I am on the under as well. Um, I you mentioned some of the games that I have, you know, technically as toss-ups, so the process goes that way. And again, like my heart wants to buy in on like this is when Nick Saban's gonna you know, like run the ball 40 times a game, push around everyone, and win games 24-21, you know, throw it back to old school Bama. But I do think Bud's point about sort of modern offense and modern college football matters. And I am troubled by and look. Nick Saban taking everything that he says after a fall camp press conference or a preseason scrimmage, you know, just taking each of those and, and basing all of your analysis off of it, I would not recommend it. But when he is saying the wide receivers are having too many drops out there, yikes. That follows the underperforming wide receiver storyline that we've been tracing over the last two years. When he says that, you know, Jaheim Hodas has been great, but Tim Smith has been up and down. When he's saying that we just aren't don't have enough depth, we don't have enough consistency, then I'm a little bit concerned because against this schedule, you're going to have to be awesome to go and be 11-1 and one and contend for an SEC championship. So I'm, I'm also on the under. Can, can I recommend something here? Yeah. Um, if you were going to consider betting this and you were going to bet the over, I would rather have Bama to win the SEC West at even money then I would Bama over 10 and a half wins mm -hmm. plus 120. Because there you can are, win that at 10 and two. Yes, sir. You, you could absolutely win that at 10 and two. You could see a Bama team maybe start slow and potentially lose to Texas at home. You also have some interesting tiebreaker scenarios. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but the three most likely teams to win the West other than Alabama are Ole Miss, LSU, and AM. Not in that order. Right. So two of those three come to Tuscaloosa. So there is a real chance you get a tiebreaker. Like I, I would rather bet Bama to win the West at even money than take over 10 and a half plus 120. Danny's on the under two. So we are clean, we are a very popular pod with Alabama. Bama haters. Well, we should look up Bama undefeated odds then basically, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's certainly as, on the table. As part of our recommendation here on the cover three podcast, since clearly we're all aligned on counting out Nick Saban, the goat, 
And again, all these other years that everybody counts them out, they go and win the natty. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's just go and do a tw- exact win total Alabama twelve. Uh, fire that in as a nice little hedge. Like it. Count them up. On to one of those other top contenders, the LSU Tigers. Year one was awesome for Brian Kelly. Now, there are a few games out there they probably wish that had flipped the other way, notably at the beginning of the season against Florida State and at the end of the season against Texas A&M, but it, Brian Kelly got the Tigers back to Atlanta playing for the SEC Championship in year one That with a ton of transfers. That is a win. So now they're back. We got a lot more known about this group than the unknowns that we had last year. So let's see how they look. They start in Orlando on Sunday of Labor Day weekend against Florida State. Like Alabama, Texas, I would consider this among the biggest non-con games of the entire schedule. Then it's Grambling at home, then at Mississippi State on September 16th, Arkansas at home, at Ole Miss, at Missouri, Auburn at home, and then Army before going into the off week on October 28th, just like Alabama, leading into that Alabama game at Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Finish with three straight games in Baton Rouge with Florida, Georgia State, and Texas A&M. LSU, win total nine and a half with the over at minus 130 and the under at plus 100. Tom, what are you doing with the Tigers? I think LSU is the best team in the SEC West. I'm taking the over. I look at this roster like we talked about. The one concern I have, like with Alabama, what's scary about taking the under is kind of what we went over. All their tougher games are at home for the most part, except for AM, whereas LSU's got a couple difficult road games at Ole Miss, and then they have to play Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And they also get the neutral site, neutral in Orlando against Florida State to open the season. But when I also look at LSU's roster, like we talk about the questions we have about Alabama at the quarterback position where we don't know for sure who the starter is going to be or how that player is going to perform if when they are named the starter. LSU has two quarterbacks I feel more confident in than anybody on Alabama's QB depth chart right now in Daniels and Nussmeyer. So that's a boost. I think the receiver position, they're solid. I think they're solid on the lines. I think they're solid in the secondary. I think they have a very good coach, and we kind of saw that last year with how well they played in close games where they didn't beat themselves. I think they're more likely to beat Florida State in the opener than not. It's not a confident game one way or the other, but I'd give LSU the advantage there. I think they're going to start off undefeated until they get to the bye, until they roll into Tuscaloosa. And they might lose that game in Tuscaloosa, but they might still win the West because, again, I think Alabama might lose twice this year. So I'm going over nine and a half. I think this team is winning at least 10 games. It might win 11. I'm going to go under here. Um, Thank goodness. and I, I I like LSU an awful lot this year, actually. Uh, and in fact, just taking our friend Bill Connolly's numbers, right? They they finished last year at like a 19 power rating, and that's after they smoked Purdue. I, I think they played, you know, regular season they were they were a 16, so they rose like three points a, a, after they beat that kind of you know sleepwalking opt out Purdue team. Wasn't so let's just like call 65 them 65 to seven. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was ridiculous. A, it was a yeah, banana I, score. Hypothetically, if you were live betting that game from the stadium, um, you could have had a pretty good day with that, hypothetically. <laughs> but let's just call it like they ended last year as, as a 16 power rating, okay? Now, Connolly has them up to a 25, which is an enormous jump, almost a 10-point power rating jump, and still has them winning 9.0 games, so a full half win under this number. I like them like a little bit more than Bill, but there are some things here that concern me, like, 
I have them a little bit power rated ahead of Florida State. I don't know if I love the matchup, like the actual matchups in the game, especially because you're breaking in an entirely new secondary. And Florida State is like very veteran and knows what they're doing on offense really well. I have some concerns about the pass rush here for LSU off the edge. They look like they're playing more of that three down stuff. What will Harold Perkins do? Like, is he really going to stick back there at linebacker? He's protected, you know, by that tight front they like to run now, increasingly more throughout the year. But again, like, there are some concerns there with, with how they play run defense out of that, I think. Um, and and at, at corner, I'm a little concerned. So they the, the Johnson kid they took from Ohio State already blew an ACL. Denver Harris seems to be running with like the second and third team so far in practice, which he's clearly like the most talented corner shoot, maybe in that division athletically. So yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm very high on this team and my numbers are still giving me a, a slight under. So I'm I'm taking the under. And, and Tom covered the schedule part extremely well. Over. Um, and so I'm just glad that we didn't start out here like totally in lockstep because then we're destined to for doom. At least we get a little bit of a uh, shakeup right here. I I think that one aspect of coaching that I do not do a good job of mentioning uh, a lot of times is that you have to make good hires. And I think Brian Kelly made really good hires. They didn't jump off the page when the news came out. I didn't look at uh, Denbrock. I didn't look at Matt House and be like, man, listen, slam dunks. This is going to be great. But it worked. The pieces seem to work together. Um, and that I think that that's been one of the things that we've seen. And one of the reasons why you can say great coaching job by Brian Kelly is in additionally how he's managed the overall operation. Uh, I mean, this was a, a cold, easy one for me in terms of getting them to 10 and 2 because I've got no certified losses. I've got eight certified wins. And my toss-ups are Florida State at Ole Miss, at Bama, and Texas A&M. I think they can go 2-2 two and two in that stretch. And that's how I get to 10 and 2. And also, shout out to producer Jordan. I don't script some of these intros. I kind of just like talk off the top of my head. And yes, Jordan, I forgot that Tennessee walloped that ass against LSU. And that would categorize as one of the games that LSU wish had gone the other way. I was thinking of Florida State, Texas A&M, complete blanking. Berenstein Bears, whatever. Berenstein or Berenstein. I, I did not remember that that game happened. But yeah, special teams errors abound in that game. That was another one that I would say uh, <laughs> that I would say uh, goes down as one they wish they went the other way. So count me down as 10-2 and two LSU for an over. For you two over guys, are you a Daniels makes a big jump guy or are you a Daniels playing about as he played last year plus year two in the comfort system, blah, 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 uh, is enough to get More to the ladder? I don't, yeah. think, I don't know how much of a okay. jump is left for Daniels. But I will say Danny's also on the under. I find it interesting that the two Florida State guys who LSU plays in the opener are on the under, where the other guys are on the over. Take that at what yeah. you will. That is interesting. I I think that the names Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas are not super well-known. They should and be. I, and I, <laughs> I think that they will be yeah. well-known. So my Jaden Daniels leap isn't as much like leap, but like you said, more comfort in the system. And I just... I think that's one of the best wide receiver rooms that you've got in the SEC. So uh, that's, that's sort of my belief in the Daniels and the, and the passing attack in general. They would be w- more well-known if Daniels would pull the trigger, in my opinion. Which, hopefully... I, I, I think he turns a lot of touchdowns into like 20-yard gains because he waits too long to throw it. Maybe he'll clean it up. We'll see! How many games are going to win this fall? 
is the question for Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M. When you were compensated like that man, going five and seven, it's not good. So we're going to make a change at offensive coordinator. We're going to bring in Bobby Petrino. Let's see how it goes. I expect it will start well. I think that Texas A&M playing New Mexico for the opener is going to lead to a lot of touchdowns and a lot of belief that things are going in the right direction for Texas A&M offensively. And if it doesn't, yikes. But they open against New Mexico. That should be a W. Then they hit the road, and they're going to go play at Miami. Then back home for ULM, and then Auburn at home for the SEC opener. Then Arkansas in Jerry World in Arlington. Then Alabama at home, and then at Tennessee. Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee. Woo! Much well, a well-deserved break on October 21st, then back in action against South Carolina at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Abilene Christian, and then the finale at LSU. Bud, are you buying talent taking a leap forward for a team that was so much better on paper than its 5-7 and seven record last year? Yes, I, I am absolutely buying the talent taking a leap forward, and yet... I spit it into my computer and it, it got back out to me slightly under here. Very slight. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm under again here. Like I, I have them uh, jumping up considerably uh, from where I ended their year with the power ratings. Uh, I, I think Connor Wegman is an intriguing prospect. Um, now there are some numbers that say he's not very good, but I, I was doing some work this morning on the, uh, whatever our, our, our stats portal is. And he actually had one of the, uh, the highest quarterback ratings out there against Power 5 bowl teams. So I was like, okay, that's that's kind of notable. He only played three of those games, so sample set is small. I think their offensive line might be sneaky good, and I think the receivers are probably pretty solid. I don't like the DJ Durkin hire on defense. I don't really understand it. Uh, And I I think their defense has a boatload of talent in terms of down linemen between the tackles. Do they have good edge rushers? I don't know. Is the secondary and backers any good? We'll, we'll see. I, so I'm very slightly under here. Uh, I, I think most of these numbers in the West are, are pretty good, honestly. And I, I thought we had a better edge on personally like than, than last year. So, or I thought we, we had a better edge last year than, than these. But um, I'm slightly under, but I do see an improved football team. I'm on the over, but I hate it. <laughs> yes, it's my favorite. Like, I just, it's... Based on the talent on this roster, I feel like this team should win nine games. Mm-hmm. But, man, nothing about this team makes me think they're going to win nine games, whether it's Jimbo, Bobby, or Durkin. It's just everything that feel, – I feel like everything that can go wrong for Texas A&M just finds a way to go wrong. Like, And a lot of the times, it's self-inflicted. So, uh, I, I'm on the over, but I am not going to bet it. I am not recommending anybody bet it. You will be in hell. It will be miserable. But I do think that they start off. I think they're going to win in Miami. I, th- I think they'll beat the Hurricanes. They'll get off to a nice start. There'll be a nice lot of buzz. That Auburn game, that could be a kind of a that. I think the Auburn game will tell you how the season goes. Honestly, like if they win that game comfortably, I think they get the nine easy. If they well, not easy, but if, if they beat the Auburn game, I feel like it's going to be a good year for the Aggies. If they struggle or just you know barely win that game with that Alabama Tennessee run coming before the bye, and then Ole Miss on the road and LSU later in the year, it's going to be really really hard for them. So again, over hate it, Chip. What do you think? I'm on the over. I've got them nine and three, and uh, I I like the idea. The way we're looking at it now, eight and a half over plus one forty, under minus one seventy. You've got a little bit of uh, juice there if you want to be able to uh, 
to capitalize on being able to get that over. I think that the Auburn, Arkansas, and Alabama games, those are the places where this hinges. Because I'm like you, Tom. I give them Miami, and I think that New Mexico, Miami, ULM, South Carolina at home, Mississippi State at home, and Abilene Christian, we get a six real easily. So congrats. You're going to... You're going to win more games than you did last year. But then that like Kyle field is um, unique. Now make it like, you know, make it an incredible, you know, atmosphere put together the kinds of performance where you look at that Texas A&M Alabama game. And it's not crazy to think Texas A&M wins that game and winning that game would flip a lot of these numbers to the point that makes nine more manageable. Like, Arkansas is not at home. That one's going to be in Jerry World. And last year, that game was weird and crazy. And I, I expect it will be weird and crazy again. But like you said, Tom, that Auburn game, if you can get that win, then all of a sudden things start to uh, to open up a little bit. So I am on the over. I'm a believer. In, I find myself at this time of the year just sort of blinded by talent and just sort of overall like what the depth chart says. And they have a better depth chart than more than half of the teams on this schedule. So I'm on the over. Danny is also on the over. It's his first over of the day. But more important, I have a bigger question for everybody. Bigger cult, Aggies or Swifties? Aggies because it's multi-generational. A big part of the Swifty rise is the fact that she has aged with her hardest core fans and the ones that are going crazy about the Eras Tour with the friendship bracelets. It's because they actually have like 15 years of I have gone through, you know, my maturity to get to this point. And also that means they've got the purchasing power to spend on extravagant trips and hotel rooms and tickets uh, around the tour. I like that answer. That's a, that's a much better explanation than, than I would have had. Uh, okay, so let me ask you guys a question. If you're going over, you kind of think this is a like a top eight football team in the country as far as power ratings. Like, like, like there's only about six or seven teams you would literally take over them on a neutral site. Twelve, because they're occupying a space that I think a lot of other teams are occupying. Like I think the difference between them and the rest of the teams on the tier are like two to three points. <laughs> Here, but you have them favored at Ole Miss, yes, for instance. Yes, yes. Like even even taking out the home field, and you have yeah. more than a, like more than a touchdown at Miami, mm-hmm. more more than a touchdown over Arkansas. Yes, you got, here, you got them here, un, under a touchdown at Tennessee. I've got mm-hmm. Arkansas on a lower tier than Ole Miss. Yeah, and the thing for me is like talent wise, like I was saying, I I feel like this is a really good team, which is how you know I'm going to rate them. It's just. Coaching wise, I'm not really 100% sure how to make that into my rating for Texas AM at this point. Like, I dock them, but it's weird because there's variance with this team. If Jimbo actually loosens things up and lets Petrino run the offense, this team might be really, really good. I don't know. The, uh, the most fun outcome here, I think, is that Petrino actually does a great job for them. And Jimbo calls for the punt on like fourth and one, fourth and two, constantly in, inside of opponent territory, like he always does. Like Jimbo routinely rates as one of the worst fourth down decision makers in the country. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they, they lose win probability in close games because of his mismanagement. Jimbo I could definitely see a scenario way. where, yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> best way to develop like, <laughs> doing the Tommy way. Reese thing in the box. The best way to develop your QB is to send the punter out. That's how Jimbo yeah. feels. <laughs> no, but. If this comes down to that game at LSU and they're driving with like 
four or five minutes left and Jimbo punts in opponent territory. Oh God. Oh, I'm just, I can't wait. That is, thank you, bud. That is the most, like, fun. That, is, that is the most fun way that this ends. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Coming up on the other side, we move on to Lane Kiffin back at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, and Mississippi State. Next. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. How many games are going to win this fall? Turning our attention to Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin back fourth year in Oxford, and the schedule opens up with Mercer at home, then a road trip to play Tulane, back home for Georgia Tech at Alabama, LSU at home, Arkansas at home, then off on October 14th, back in action for the final six games on the 21st at Auburn, uh, Vandy at home, Texas A&M at home, then at Georgia, ULM, and then at Mississippi State. So you're drawing Georgia from the east. You also are drawing Vanderbilt. That's unfortunate for the Rebels. Um, Tom, what are we doing with Ole Miss as Caesar Sportsbook has the win total at seven and a half over plus 100, under minus 130. Uh, it's not going to be on the locks pod later this week, but this isn't like a don't have a strong feel. I'm, I'm under. I, I just don't think Ole Miss is as good as a lot of the predictions will be for them this year. I, I think they're, they're we're going to see a bit of a drop-off on both sides of the ball, to be completely blunt with you. And I just look at this schedule. like They're going to beat Tulane on the road. Uh-huh. The, the, no, I think they will, but yeah. it's not a guarantee. But then you get you get Alabama and LSU in consecutive weeks. That is a very tough stretch. And you're looking at a situation, you know, you could be pretty banged up going into that Arkansas game. And then maybe you get kind of upset and spoiled in that one. You get your bye. Then you're coming back with Auburn on the road. I just, I do not like the way this schedule sets up. Like there are winnable games, very winnable games in which they will be favorites. It's just, there's so many difficult games sparsed in between. And it's like I mentioned, you get Alabama and LSU in consecutive weeks, but then you also get A&M and Georgia in consecutive weeks. That sucks. I, if I'm a team, those are not the guys. I, if I have to play them, I don't want to be playing them back-to-back. It just doesn't work in your favor very often, and one loss easily quickly turns into two. So I look at that situation, and I think that could be four losses right there. So now you're asking yourself, can this team go 7-1 and one against the rest of its schedule? 
Yeah. Is it likely? No. So under. I definitely agree. Some of these I'll probably have on the locks pod. Uh, this is not one of them. I'm very slightly over when when I you, know, you got to look at the juice on all these. Obviously, one one thirty versus hundred. I I'm like right at seven and a half, literally. So I'd mm-hmm. rather just take the even money if I'm. I don't want to flip a weighted coin against me. Uh, agree with Tom fully on the schedule thing. You you could easily be a top twenty power rated team and go seven and five without mm-hmm. any kind of alarm bells, without bad luck. Like a top twenty power rated team. Could go five and seven against this schedule if it gets some bad bounces and still have been a, a, a fairly quality football team, especially if you get clipped by Vanderbilt, which is is always possible. Um, I think they've done pretty good work in the transfer portal. The pre-scoring kid they got the tight end is is going to be a big help for Memphis. They seem to like the the progression that Dart has made. Sanders, I guess, played well the other day, and they still think it's Dart. Judkins is a good back. Like they didn't. How many guys did they really lose that you're worried about them losing? Like, you know. Well, it's so funny. Mingo. They lost Jonathan Mingo, but it's not like the passing attack was, you know, like a, a versatile piece of this team. I mean, they ran the ball with multiple backs, Dart included, and they like kept defenses off balance. And that's what led to their really hot start. Yeah, it, exactly. So I I kind of feel like they didn't, you know, lose. Yeah, uh, Judkins is a great back. I'm sorry, I, I'm supposed to say great there, not 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 just good. Uh, some people think he's the best back in the country. I, I'm not that guy, but all right. So I'm very slightly over here. Uh, man, timing the schedule. The only thing Tom didn't mention by the end of the year, Mississippi State may have its act together mm. with, with mm. the new offense and the comfort level in the system, and you got to go play in Starkville. So not not super easy there. So but, I, it's so funny. You you are actually running. Um, a model, a process, and you came out right to 7.5. Yeah, my, literally. My super simplistic cave drawing math also <laughs> has me right at seven and a half, where I've got five certified wins, two certified losses, and five toss ups. And if you give them half the toss ups, that gets us to 7.5. I could see, and Tom mentioned that, uh, Tom mentioned the Tulane game at the beginning of the season. This team could be 0 and 5 on the road. Yeah, they got, they got some really, really tough road trips. And if they are 0 and 5 on the road, that's a 7 and 5. So I'm this is not a strong play for me either way. I think it's going to be really important when you look at some of those toss-up matchups. You know, they get LSU in Oxford. They get Texas A&M in Oxford. You better be ready. And you know, again, we just talked about Connor Wegman, Texas A&M, but you know, Evan Stewart, Malik Neighbors, like this this defense better be fixed. Because this defense was great against not great teams at the beginning of the year, and then when they started to get you know touched up just a little bit, then all of a sudden you know things started to fall apart. So I, I'm right at seven and a half, um, but I, I'm going to go with under for my official play here for the show. Danny's also on the under, but question for you guys: Yes, is it if you taken any consideration to Lane seemingly wanting out after last season? Like he was very much interested in the Auburn job and didn't get it. Is there anything about that, maybe the timing of the situation of what he was looking at going into 2023 that sticks out to you? Meaning like maybe the maybe that team was even better that, than it finished in in the power ratings. And and mm-hmm. so like like underlying they're probably better from a starting point than we than we give them credit for. Meaning that maybe he was worried this year the team wouldn't be as strong as it was last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean he he did resign, right? For like did didn't he Mm-hmm. We signed with the extension. They, 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 they hard launched with, with with the girlfriend who's from Ole Miss on, on National Girlfriend Day. Uh, I mean, 
I mean, these aren't things that should factor in, but these are things that factor in when I'm doing this. Tom's like, all right, half point adjustment for the hard launch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a a full point adjustment for the, yeah. Something you got to consider. I mean, come on. We got to dig in. All right. So we got um, two unders, a slight over, and Danny's on the under. Count them up. On to Sam Pittman. Year four here at Arkansas. No longer just a... You know, hot new coach. Now we got some some ex- expectations. Win total set at seven, around 7.0, over at plus 110, under at minus 140. Schedule opens up against Western Carolina in Little Rock, and then they get back to Fayetteville, take on Kent State, then BYU with a visit on September 16th. SEC schedule opens at LSU, then they've got that Texas A&M game in Arlington, then at Ole Miss, at Alabama, and Mississippi State, before being off on October 28th. Final four games of the season start November 4th at Florida, then Auburn at home, then FIU at home, and then Missouri at home on Black Friday. Um, Bud, what are we doing with the Hogs? All right, so seven and five is one of these like exact win totals that I think are, are worth looking at. Uh, but if you're going to give me plus money to the over on a thing that I think I'm just going to get a push on anyway, I'm, I'm going to take that plus money to the over. So I'm going to go over on the Razorbacks. Like KJ Jefferson is a, a solid to good passer, and he's a really good runner with his size. And I think that uh, Danny Nos knows how to use a quarterback and, and run him a lot. I love Rocket Sanders. I, I think he's he's a stud. I had him on my all-SEC team. Receiver, I think did a pretty nice, pretty nice work in the portal as far as the, the pass catchers to replace some guys who were you know, who were quality targets for them. And we'll see about the O line. I mean, little, little questions there, I guess. They've been in spring, but I've, or in fall, but I've heard they've, they've held some guys out. Defensively, though, like don't they have to be better just with like positive regression without without all the, like they got so banged up last year. It's like okay, who's playing for Arkansas? He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. A bunch of guys I've never heard of, and that's bad because I do recruiting, right? So I, I'm very slightly to the over there with, with with plus money, but I do think seven and five is the most likely record. You mentioned when talking about Ole Miss that Quinshawn Judkins is a very good running back, but I'm with you. Judkins isn't even the best running back in the SEC. Rocket oh. Sanders is. And I'm saying that because I want to say something nice before I get to start talking about Arkansas's win total. I am on the under here, and I'm fairly confident in it simply because – the schedule kind of has again. It, there's a, there's a gauntlet part of this schedule. Like first of all, getting BYU in non-con, the, playing a bunch of thirty year old dudes. You know that's tough. They're physical. They're strong. But immediately after that, you're on the road at LSU. Then you're at a neutral site against Texas A&M. And then you're on the road in back to back weeks against Ole Miss and Alabama. So from Saturday September twenty third to Saturday October fourteenth, four games. Not only are you playing four tough t- opponents, but you're not playing a single one of them at home. You're going to get beat the hell up. And we're looking at a team that maybe even if they start off 3-0 and in non-con, they're very much looking at a 3-4 and start before they get Mississippi State. And that'll be the eighth game in a row coming off that gauntlet, which makes them much more susceptible to losing that game before they get the bye. Like, I feel like by the time the part of the manageable schedule, the manageable part of the schedule comes around, Arkansas might be done. It might be beat up. It might be you know hurt and dealing with the same kind of injuries it dealt with last year. Seven wins is asking for a lot. I think six and six. So I will say, like they're definitely not a lock to make a bowl. Like there are certainly scenarios in which they miss a bowl. I don't think they will, but 
I look at my bowl probability here, and it doesn't start with an eight. Mm -hmm. so. I mean, and that's, you know, if if you are three and four going into the break, what's your health like? What's it look like going up? What Where's Florida at at that point in the season? You know, where's Auburn at at that point in the season? Because that could be loss-loss. And now all of a sudden you're going into yeah. Missouri in, in some real trouble, and that's not going to make Arkansas fans happy. I am I'm seven and five seems the most likely scenario here. I definitely do not think eight and four is is possible. So for the for my pick for the show, I'm going under. Um, so push to under, but I definitely do not see eight and four. And you mentioned it right there, Tom. They've got four games in a row where none of them are in at home. You know, the one in Arlington against Texas A&M being the uh, the neutral, and they could all be losses. And if you throw all those losses up on the board, that is a tough proposition to ask that they are going to go win all the rest of the games uh, the rest of the season. So uh, throw me down for an under. How many games are going to win this fall? Speaking of Auburn and where they are at that point in the season, year one of Hugh Freeze with the Tigers. They open up against Don Brown and UMass and then a trip out to Berkeley play Cal then back home for Sanford and then at Texas A&M for the SEC opener followed by Georgia at home then they're off on October 7th then back in action at LSU then Ole Miss at home Mississippi State at home at Vanderbilt at Arkansas New Mexico State at home and Alabama at home win total set at six and a half over at minus 125 under at minus 105 Tom what you doing you know, last year I, I liked the Auburn over. I liked it so much I put it in our win locks, in our win total locks pod, and, well, we all know it happened. And the good thing about making mistakes is that you can learn from them. But I'm not here to learn shit today. I am once again on the Auburn over. I really like this team going into this season. I think Hugh Freeze is an upgrade for them. I think offensively they're going to be better. I know Peyton Thorne is not a superstar, but we have seen Hugh Freeze get great numbers from pretty ordinary QBs in the past, so I think he's going to put up numbers. They're going to win their three non-cons. Then they're probably going to lose their next three games. But then they get into that stretch and that final back half. I think that from Ole Miss to Mississippi State, at Vandy, at Arkansas, New Mexico State, they're winning at least four of them. They might win five. And they might finish the year with an upset win over Alabama. We know Hugh Freeze loves to do that. So, over. And I'll probably be talking about this again on Thursday. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. You might hear me talk about that also on Thursday, Thomas. That, that is... Uh, yeah, I, I do think that over here is more likely than the under. Um, the the non-conference is extremely friendly. It, if we're wrong about this, we'll probably know early. Like if Cal mm -hmm. beats him, it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're, we're screwed. They're going to miss a bowl game. Uh, and the schedule is is challenging, but it's sometimes Auburn has like the toughest schedule in the country. And this year, like several teams we already talked about have a tougher schedule than Auburn does, despite the fact that they do play, you know, they, they do play Georgia every year from the other division. I just – they went out and they got Peyton Thorne, who's an upgrade over Robbie Ashford, in, in in their opinion. I think they're fine at running backs. It looks like Hunter's playing. So, you know, uh, that, that was kind of a question mark we had to answer. I think they're fine at receiver and definitely better than they were at receiver last year, where that was a clear problem for them. I think the whole line's better. Defensively, I think that they could be – they could be better defensively than they were last year, actually. I mean, they, they've done some decent work in the transfer portal. Florida State fans will hate 
to hear this, but uh, on uh, on our Auburn 24-7 sports site, Keldrick Falk is stamped as the starting defensive end as a true freshman, so that's kind of an SEC name to know if you're an NFL draft guy out there, wait three years, and that, that kid's a first-round type. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over. I, I think this team is uh, – I don't know. I, I got all four of these these bottom teams rated pr- pretty similarly, So, but I, I think they're an over team. Yeah. It's definitely an over team. Like whatever little like adjustments at the margins that you want to make is is going to be with the idea that Hugh Freeze is such an upgrade in terms of game planning and play calling with how they are going to go out there and operate and that we should expect that the performance of even similar talent should be better and more productive. The the wins are right there for the taking, and we're just asking you to to knock off a few of those other peers that you have in that tier of the SEC West. Uh, I love it. Seven and five. Let's go. Uh, I go over six and a half. Oh, <laughs> I I had Daddy? that ready. No, I had that ready for uh for y'all uh, potentially you know having the lock agreement on Thursday. So. How many games are going to win this fall? And finally, the Mississippi State Bulldogs over under win total of six. Open with Southeast Louisiana, then Arizona at home. SEC opener in week three against LSU. Then at South Carolina, Alabama at home, Western Michigan at home, off on October 14th. Then at Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Texas A&M, Southern Miss. And then the Egg Bowl is going to be in Starkville, Win total of six with an over minus 115 and under minus 115. Bud, what you doing? See, I, I wanted to go under basically all, all offseason until I saw the numbers, right? Price, Price matters matter. on this stuff. And I don't like that Zach Arnett decided he was going to take a, a, an air raid team and turn it into like a, a, a run-heavy you know, stretch zone team. But the number at six, I, I can't go under on. I, I have to bet this to the over, honestly. Uh, they they still have SEC defensive linemen, right? And they still manhandled Arizona last year. So, I mean, I, I like their chances to beat Arizona in Starkville. Uh, I like some of the matchups in their road games, honestly. South Carolina, Arkansas, Auburn, A&M. A&M could – look, I think A&M will be good. I, I already said uh, I, you know, I, I thought they'd be a much improved team. But, Tom, like – these guys could absolutely be a disaster culturally and quit on Jimbo by that point. It's not like we've ever seen that before in the last couple of years. No, it's a rarity. Like, like Old Miss, kind of the same thing, right? There's some guys in Old Miss who I read the scrimmage reports. I'm like, that guy's not a third string talent. Why? Like, is there a cultural issue going on there? So if these guys buy in and believe for Zach Arnett, I'm 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 going over here. I clearly there are scenarios where it could be wrong. Like this new offense could not mesh at all. They they could Generally, if you're like the worst talented team in, in the SEC West, trying to push people around as your offensive strategy is a bad idea. And Arnett could totally be a must champ as a head coach. Just mm-hmm. a, a D coordinator can't make the jump. But at six, I have to go to the over. Yeah, Chip left because he hates Mississippi State. It's just downright, that's downright disrespectful in my opinion of him to do it. But he is on the over. He did not really <laughs> give us a clue as to how confident he is in it. Danny before mentioned he's on the over but it's probably more of a push i'm with you in that i came in planning to take the under uh, mississippi state just based on all the kind of questions that things we don't know about this team coming into the year some of the decisions that have been made and while i'm not overly confident on it 
I'm still sticking to that under because one way I look at this is somebody in this division has to be losing the games this year. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. when you look at the seven teams going in, you're right. Like by the end of the year, Ole Miss, a team with that many transfers, there could be a whole lot of checking out going on if things are going wrong. Texas A&M, there could be a whole lot of checking out going on that could lead to things, you know, cratering. Arkansas could be dealing with injuries from that gauntlet of a set of four games. They could be checked out by the end of the year. And maybe Mississippi State takes advantage of it. But just talent-wise, this is a very good team. They lost some key players to the draft last year. I think Will Rogers is a solid kind of Jag plus quarterback who yeah. the numbers always kind of inflate because of the offense he was playing in. But I think if you put Will Rogers in just about any kind of offense, he'll be able to execute what you're asking of him. And I think he'll be fine and he'll give them a decent floor. But again, the style of play that we're expecting from them this year and the talent level that they have compared to all these teams that they're on their schedule. I don't think they're going to be a terrible team. I don't think this is going to be a two or a three win team, but I do think they will struggle to get to a bowl game. And I think five and seven is very much in play. So I'm not overly confident, like I said, but I am taking the under here, but I wouldn't be surprised if this team goes seven and five either. Just a, a just slightly more moderate slip that I'm projecting ends with them missing a bowl. Mm-hmm. Right. I will say out in Vegas, Chris Andrews, who I respect a ton at the uh, South Point Sportsbook, did open their conference only win total at two. So I had had to uh, I had a flight that was delayed by ninety minutes. So I popped over there, and uh, I was like, okay, two. Ah, take that take over. Two. Yeah, <laughs> gonna have to go over on two conference wins here. I, I I think they can get three. I mean, I will say like non-con wise. They're going to kill southeastern Louisiana. They should beat Arizona pretty handily in Starkville, and they should destroy western Michigan, and they should beat southern Miss. So you're looking at 4-0 there, and it's like, yeah, can they get the two wins in conference play? I definitely think it's possible, but I definitely think they might not. So if they do miss a bowl, is Arnett a one-year coach? I think so. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I I feel like this is – it's such a difficult situation that he was in and when the whole program was in when they had to make the hire because it's, you know, Mike Leach's passing was not, you know, anticipated. So it comes out of nowhere and you're dealing with the emotions of it and you kind of just don't, in a way, it would feel kind of disrespectful to go through like an entire coaching search with all that going on. So it's like, well, let's just, you know, hire, we'll we'll promote Zach. He did a good job in the bowl game. We won and we'll, we'll go into next year and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, if they don't make a bowl game, just, Given the way the SEC typically works, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they make a move and try to you know, find somebody else to bring in. And it's the SEC school, so they're going to have money to spend, and it will be an attractive option for them. And uh, the, I mean, like if you think about it, deciding to go away completely from what Mike Leach ran, I'm not going to sit here and say that's disrespectful because it has a head coach. You need to do what you believe, mm-hmm. in. and clearly Arnett does not believe in what Leach ran. Just by, by the hiring, you really couldn't go unless you're going to go run like Navy triple option stuff. You couldn't go further away. But if I'm the administration, I do go like, all right, are we sure this is going to work? What does it say about your judgment that you're going to totally flip this and you had a, you have a chance to keep this thing going? If it doesn't work, then yeah, I, I think you need to read into that. Yeah, like there are similarities from going from like the air raid kind of that Lee Tran to this. It's not entirely dissimilar than going from a triple option to a more pro style. In fact, in some ways it could be more difficult because the offensive linemen you're recruiting to play in an air raid system are much different than the guys you're looking to play in like a ground and pound kind of, you know, man ball football offense. So, yeah, the the, the transfer made, the, like the transfer from those two offenses could be pretty rough for them. So that's one thing I'm considering, too. So, 
Yeah. Is Danny um, over or under? Sorry. Danny, I, I Danny's just you. barely on the over. He says the push is more likely, though. But okay. Danny, I don't know. Is Danny back Wednesday? I don't know, man. Uh, Can I mean, we get I'm this on... thing to 5000 bucks? That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do if we get to 5000 bucks? Well, I uh, um, I said, hey, if we get to 5000 bucks, I'll... I'll bet your favorite win total with you. I'll, I'll, I'll match your donation. So on it. So let, let's do it. So if you're listening, please, please go to the auction on ebay.com. We will put a link in the description for the show below and on the podcast apps. You can also find it on our Twitter accounts and bid $5,000. And I'm begging you make Bud bet the Florida over season win total. Just, I need Bud to have five grand riding on Florida winning games because it will just, it will which be probably comes down to the last game of the year, by the way. Yes, which is, exactly. So we could yeah. go into Florida, Florida state with the Gators sitting there needing to win, to win the bet for Bud and Florida state needing to win to secure a playoff spot. I'm sure you'd probably sacrifice 5k for that at that point. <laughs> but we will be back on Wednesday. And we will have the winner of our auction, who, again, hopefully bids at least $5,000 to get there. And we will be doing the SEC East win totals. And uh, and then after that, on Thursday, win totals locks. And the next thing you know, week zero will be here. We'll have actual football games to discuss. Uh, If you haven't yet, please like and subscribe to the channel here. It helps us. And, you know, we're also close to 30,000 subscribers, I think, is what Jordan said earlier. So. Get us there. We should have like 50,000. Let's be real. So get us to 30,000, then we'll get to 40, then we'll get to 50, then we'll get to 100, and then we'll take over the world. It'll be fun. I mean, look, some of our competitors clearly buy their, their YouTube <laughs> likes. So what I would like to do is just get free YouTube likes from people who are on the audio side who are like, look, I listen to Bud and Chip and Tom and Danny on the way to work and on the way home from work. I have a life and a family, and I have no no interest in ever watching YouTube. You still have a Google account. Just use your Google account to hit like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you ever actually watch it, right? Now, we will be putting some exclusive stuff on the YouTube channel to try to kind of coax you guys over. But we have a huge audio audience. And come on, guys. Like Some, some of y'all audio folks, just come over. Watch us. You don't have to watch it. Just, just click, click the like and subscribe. I don't really care. Frankly, it hurts my feelings. Like plenty of people are willing to listen to us, but they don't want to look at us. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> We're not no. handsome enough for you. Uh, but yeah, so please do all of that. Again, and also if you do subscribe, even if you don't watch, just press play and walk away. Let your computer play every single video on the channel all day long. That works too. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Bud, thank you for having the work ethic to not only show up today, but to stick through the entire episode, unlike Danny Canelli and Chip Patterson. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 on Twitter. You can follow me at Tom Fernelli. Thank you, Bud. See you tomorrow. See you, Tom. Bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.